hey, we're back once again with another episode of Tin Can Alley. Man, you didn't think we were coming back. We came back. We back. We here. Uh, I'm I'm here as always with my co-host Jordan. I'm also here, my brother. Yeah. So fun fact about Jordan: his middle name starts with V A, and it ends in Cation. <laughs> because you've been gone again for various reasons. Um, but I won't throw you under the bus because we've both been gone. We're both gone. For some family time. Um, but now we're back and glad to be here. Yep. How you doing? I'm doing uh pretty well. There's a lot of things that we we could talk about. I'm a Reds fan, so already um I've gone through the cycle of playoff excitement and disappointment that's happened yeah. since the last time we talked. Um, in all of in the span of two days. I know, right? yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know. I think the the team I don't know if anybody's looked at this, but Trevor Bauer um, does a vlog on the season. Um, so it's kind of an inside look at what's going on in the Reds clubhouse and things like that. So pretty cool. But they more or less treated the last 10 or so games of the season as the playoffs. They called them playoff series because if they didn't win them, you know, they were done. So... I don't know if they feel better about the end of the season than I do because they started treating it like the playoffs earlier than I did. But for me, it was a pretty short, short ride. Yeah, a little disappointing, honestly, when you go in and uh, don't score a single run in the postseason. I think I have my facts right yep, on that. Yeah, 22 innings, no runs. Woof. But at least they made it this year, which they definitely haven't been able to say that for a while. Yep. But speaking of the playoffs, I know that there were some things you would like to address. Um, in a thinly veiled, uh, <laughs> a thinly veiled attempt to make it about backyard baseball, yes. I know you wanted to rant about the playoffs. So just quickly, the floor is yours. Just yeah. quickly, because. People are backyard baseball fans for a number of reasons. Um, some would say backyard baseball was their introduction into um, fandom of baseball in general, while some of us would say loving baseball is more of the the foundation upon which uh, our enjoyment of backyard baseball is built upon. I don't care how you slice it. I wanted to do a quick comparison between the legitimacy of the backyard baseball playoff structure and uh, the 2020 COVID backyard, or excuse me, 2020 COVID playoff structure. Um, here, here it is. In backyard baseball, it makes sense. It's logical. It was modeled after uh, normal playoff rules in the first place, you know, where you have division winners in a wild card. And then you play uh-huh. a division round, championship round, and a uh, World Series round of sorts, you could say. Now, you could discuss series length, whether they be you know best out of three series as opposed to the best out of seven series that you might expect, or you know, depending on the the stage in the playoffs, we could talk about that. 
However, in Major League Baseball, here's my beef. Okay, so for those of you who haven't been paying attention, 16 out of the 30 teams made it to the playoffs <laughs> this year. Um, Which, if you're not good at math, is more than half. Is, <laughs> if you need some help with uh, math basics and fractions. That is the majority of teams. That is a lot of teams. Now, here's here's my thing. So, like, they pitched it. They rolled it out. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I get it. I get it. Things are different. And we want to we want to account for the narrower margin of error that you have in a 60-game season. I may not fully agree with that, but I'll at least hear you out. Here was my stipulation. If there is ever a losing team, a losing team that makes it into the playoffs, I think you have to go back to the drawing board and redraw your playoff structure. If you have lost more games than you've won, it is over. It is over. Now, this year, this year, uh, of course, they committed to the structure before you find out what happens in the rest of the season, and it just so happened to turn out that nobody entered the playoffs with a losing record. However, in my opinion, I think you do the research and you impose your current playoff structure that you're proposing back on previous seasons and see if you can live with yourself. You say, okay, what would have to happen in a previous season with similar numbers? Of course, not 60-game seasons, but seeing what kind of team makes the playoffs under the structure. So I decided, okay. I was like, how far do I have to go back to see when a losing team enters the playoffs? And it, it turns out you have to go all the way back to 2019 where the top two teams... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait. yeah, yeah, yeah. 2019? Yep, all the way back. So one, one year. One year, meaning if we would have done okay. this last year, the um, so the the baseline is the top two teams from each division go to the playoffs. So that would be Yankees, Rays, Twins, Indians, Astros, and the A's in the American League. And then you have your um, next two best records. So okay, that would be the uh, the Boston. Red Sox came in at 84 and 78 that season. But then your next best team is the Texas Rangers with a record of 78 and 84. Who, again, I mean, I know it's more games, but consider that that record earned them uh, an elimination where they sat 18 games back of the normal wild card far out of contention but this year they'd be in the playoffs that is a rant that can only go about as far as that before it just turns into like crying and moaning oh and you know what i i have to retract what i said because i was wrong what i forgot that milwaukee okay. lost their last game of the season and they actually were a losing team going into the the playoffs this year so 
Oh, that's my. Well, there you go. I got so focused on the National League Central and then lost focus when the Reds made it in that the the Brewers snuck in with a twenty nine thirty one record into the first round of the playoffs and then lost in the first round. So I think that what should happen is then you can keep the same structure, but then if a team that would qualify for that spot has a losing record, you eliminate them immediately. And then the team that they're supposed to play gets a bye, which is what they should be earning in the first place. So why would you make the Dodgers, who have played incredible baseball all year, win a a series that is shortened in the first place, you know, kind of like a division series in this wild card round, why make them beat a losing team two times to prove themselves to move on to the next stage of the playoffs? That's the question I will end my portion with. If you've got <laughs> questions, I'll answer those, but in any case, yeah. that's what I got. Well, I mean, I just have a feeling a lot of people are not going to feel the same way that you do as strongly as you feel. First of all, we say this, baseball is a game where any team can win on any day. And for those teams that are in a losing record but barely make it into the playoffs, it's a, it's a chance for a Cinderella story for them that doesn't typically happen in the game of baseball, you know? Um, most of the time, with however many games left in this season, 10 games, I don't know, you're already statistically eliminated from the playoffs. And then your um, your last 10 games kind of don't count for anything. So I can understand the appeal of, of doing this and wanting to have some extra teams in there just to shake it up give some people a chance who like typically wouldn't have a chance because that's always good for the fan bases and um, gets people excited about the next year even if their team isn't all that good making it to the postseason still feels like a big deal even if you are uh (laughs) even if you're letting more than half of the teams in now i like I do kind of take issue with that because at this point it's like at what point do you get to like college bowl level of just everybody gets to play? Yep. Um but I I don't know. I don't take as much issue with it that you do. I'm saying let the people in the playoffs if you want. You know, let let 16 teams in the playoffs if you want. Just qualify that they have to have a winning record that's all i'm saying and then if you don't have a winning record you can't be in the playoffs all right well if you disagree (laughs) with jordan uh or you just want to rant back you can email us at please ask tincanalley at gmail.com and let your grievances be known and just just rip apart Jordan's postseason argument with your own. I would I would enjoy that. You can do that. Teams that are 
eliminated from the playoffs before the final game is played. Statistically eliminated. In baseball, that is called being in party time. <laughs> That's what it's called in Major League Baseball, too. Uh, so, side note, I did say that I would notify you when baseball was back. Uh, it is back, has been back for some time now. I am sorry that we haven't been here to tell you about it. Or at least that I haven't been here to tell you about it. I don't think Jordan is quite as involved as I am in the cultural event of baseball. It is um, a deep, dark hole. Well, it's it's a deep, dark it's hole not dark. full of tacos. It's a it's a it's a deep rainbow colored uh, slide into a foam pit full of lore and confusion and peanuts. Is how I would explain it. Okay. But yeah, it's back. If you want to be a part of that, I highly recommend it. The slide is open. Go to blaseball.com where you can enjoy. Um, well, honestly, you can enjoy the Crabs winning another championship because let's be real. They're totally going to win. Okay. So, sorry. I think that this is a good yeah. question for the people like me who enjoy baseball and then different iterations of what baseball might look like in a parallel universe. Um, okay. But they need help. They need help knowing where yes. the rainbow slide goes. Do you have a particular starting point, end point that you would recommend? I mean, do you recommend somebody just goes on baseball site and just starts foraging or like going to YouTube and seeing if you can find somebody who gives you a quick uh, introduction into all things baseball? Great question. Here is what I personally recommend. Um, if you enjoy the sport of baseball and you would like to you would like to enjoy baseball, uh, go to the website, pick a favorite team, uh, and start playing. And you don't have to get involved in any of the other stuff if you don't want to. You can bet on the games with fake money. You can cheer for your team. Seasons take a week. You can enjoy it to that extent if you so desire. If you enjoy backyard baseball or other game aspects of baseball, I recommend um, if you really want to go like down the rabbit hole, find the baseball wiki. You can just Google that and just read the season summaries. There may be a page long mm. each. I We're in like season nine and that will give you enough understanding to really get involved in what you want. And then, so like if you wanted to pick a favorite team, you could just pick one. That's kind of what I did. I just picked one and went with it. Or if you really want to like get into the minutia of it, you can read the wiki pages of the different teams because they're all weird. Uh, but one might appeal to you more than another one. So you can go ahead and do that. And then, Again, just just go for it. I know that there is a uh, Discord server for Blaseball, and you can join that, the general server, and then also join channels by your favorite team. You say That's where a lot of communication happens. You say that like like I know of a Discord channel, but you're saying you're on it. Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you talk about it like you have a friend who told you about it, uh, but that's not true. No, that's not true. Um, I'm on the Discord server. I don't know where I got the link. You can probably find it somewhere. Um, I think it's on the I think it's on the website. 
Yeah, I am part of the tacos propaganda machine for sure. <laughs> Hashtag Francisca Sasquatch. If you want to enjoy baseball, do it. You can always not and stop. That's right. But what you can't do is stop enjoying backyard baseball. If that's what you're up to, stay right here, even through commercials. You're listening to Tin Can Alley, a backyard baseball podcast. Despite what you might think based on the first 17 minutes of this podcast. Also, this is not an official commercial. I just have to do this because Jordan threw me under the bus by going off the cuff. Um, One of the things that we've wanted to talk about on this podcast for a few episodes, but haven't yet, kind of along the same lines of uh, absurd baseball, like baseball is, is the the whole aspect of having power-ups in backyard baseball. It's one of the things that differentiates it from real baseball, that and the fact that it's in the computer. And played with children. Yeah. There are many power-ups when it comes to pitching. There are four power-ups when it comes to hitting. I think today we're going to focus primarily on those four hitting power-ups. Yeah. Just so we can keep this a little narrower and down to time. That's right. Which is another reason why I cut my playoff rant in half. Well, um, in order to talk about them, you got to know what they are. Sure do. So let's just start with the basics. Okay. There are four hitting power-ups in backyard baseball. There is one power-up that corresponds with each approach at the plate, being hitting for power, hitting a line drive, hitting a grounder, and bunting. The corresponding power-ups are as follows. For power... There is the aluminum power power up, which basically means you're hitting the ball on a planet somewhere that is half the size of Pluto (laughs) and gravity has absolutely no power on your baseball that is hit. Basically, uh, you hit it like 800 feet. It's ridiculous. Uh, With line drive, there is the screaming line drive, which is exactly as it sounds in name. You hit the ball so hard the ball cries out in pain as it flies as quickly as possible to the nearest fence. Uh, The other two undergrounder goes with hitting a ground ball. Your baseball becomes a little tunneling machine. Once you hit it off of your bat, it digs down into the dirt and then generally pops out somewhere in the outfield as you run around the bases. And then the crazy bunt goes along with the bunt where, uh, Once you make contact with the ball, it laughs maniacally as it scampers around the field, avoiding players until finally coming to rest somewhere uh, in a corner where Raul Mondesi cannot reach it and you run around the bases. Do you have a favorite to use of the four? My favorite to actually use and least effective is screaming line drive. I got to say it's the most satisfying one. Really? Yeah, I think the sound effect it makes when it hits the bat gives me a lot of uh, like a lot of endorphins are released in my brain when I hear that sound effect. I like undergrounder. I like there was one time that happened earlier this season 
uh, hitting undergrounder, and it literally popped up exactly where Mikey Thomas was standing. But you didn't even <laughs> you didn't even see the animation where the ball went up. It just looked like it was coming out of his pants. You remember that Bugs Bunny cartoon we used to watch when we were kids of where Bugs Bunny would get that funny feeling when he walked across, like he walked over some gold. He he could mm-hmm. fe- he could feel it beneath his feet. Yeah, uh, that's what Mikey Thomas did. Like in the time that the ball was underground, he was squirming, like he knew it was going to come up right there. So I like uh, I like the undergrounder because it's the funniest. I just get the biggest laugh out of it because it almost always is then followed by Vinny the Gooch giving his. All I can say is I can dig it, baby. Oh yeah. So it's just like clockwork every time. It's a good laugh every time. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and I also I think that's a good segue into um, something that is worth mentioning. At least these power ups are not one hundred percent invincible or effective. Uh, with each power up, anybody who plays the game with any regularity can attest to the fact that uh, there's a chance that it kind of goes wrong. So, for example, aluminum power. If you attempt an aluminum power hit with a power with a with a hitter who is uh, significantly worse than average, i.e., Vicky Kawaguchi, yeah, she's bad. Yeah, there's a chance there's a chance that you're hitting a, a pop up to the outfield. Has been done by me. You've done that. I have done that. I yes. have never seen that. Yep, that is incredible. It was very heartbreaking because <laughs> I think I had the bases loaded and then I just flew out to left field. So that can happen. Uh, screaming line drive, always there's a chance. It's not a large chance, but there is a chance that it gets caught by an outfielder or by a very ambitious second baseman <laughs> named Derek Jeter. That's happened to me. Um, undergrounder. Less often does this happen, but um, it's possible an undergrounder pops up right into a player's glove. I have also, for the first time this season, hit an undergrounder foul. Mm. And so it was really, it was really uh, heartbreaking because actually the animation went against like what the game ruled happened. So like I hit the ball. I knew I hit it foul because like the ball went ka-dunk and went underground but yeah. you could see it was in foul territory and then when it popped out to the um you know the eagle eye uh view of the whole field then it just showed the ball bouncing away foul hmm. and I lost interesting that one. so it's possible uh and then finally crazy bunt kind of like undergrounder can just kind of find its way into the glove of an infielder before it makes its full trek into the outfield and you just got caught running to first base. So these aren't like fire. Uh, what am I saying? Surefire. Surefire. I got caught. Foolproof. I got caught between surefire and bulletproof. And I almost said, uh, fireproof, which really doesn't make a lot of sense. They are bullet fire. Anyway, they are not bulletproof. They can be thwarted. Yeah. Before we go any further, I want to take it way back for people who may not be players of backyard baseball. Mm. 
power-ups in general, the way that you get them in the first place is first you can achieve them by getting a double play while you're on defense. That will earn you a batting power-up. Uh, you can also get a batting power-up by hitting a pitching power-up for a base hit or better. Uh, generally, power-ups are good for two hits max. Sometimes they're only good for one hit. Two things. One, just and just for your information, um, these power-ups being awarded on double or triple plays was added in Backyard Baseball 2001. So apparently in the, the legacy game, you could only do that when it was off of a, when you got a base hit off of a crazy pitch. So, you know, that's a new old feature for us. Um, but also, Derek spoke to the likelihood that you'll get a certain number of uses out of uh, a power-up. But, I mean, technically, it's between one and four every time, but it's just that some power-ups have a different spread of the odds so that you're more likely to get more uses out of a, say, undergrounder than you would an aluminum power. So that's always the trick, right? Because you see your power-up come onto the screen and you're like, oh no, like do I have, am I going to be able to get uh, a run out of this if I use an undergrounder now and then an undergrounder in the pattern that comes next? That would be super easy. But if I only have one, then I've got to load bases up first and then try to make the most of it. So that's just touching on uh, the beginning of our um, power-up strategy conversation that is uh, fast approaching. But just worth noting that uh, you can get an aluminum power and luck out and have, I know this season I had three just from one, I don't know, instance of aluminum power. I had three uses and that was like, that was the best day of my season right there. If anybody out there who's not me, because I don't, I don't, I haven't been into writing pages for Wikipedia. If anybody wants to go back and take a look at this page, um, I just like to glance at it to see what information is there. I think, I think there are people on the, um, in the Reddit community who could probably do a lot better than has been done in the backyard baseball uh, Wikipedia lore here. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said where, so you have a chance of having between one and four uses of a power-up when it's awarded to you. Those power-ups don't last for an entire at-bat. Those power-ups are for a single swing. So if you go up to the plate and you select aluminum power, and swing at a ball that's like over your head and miss, that power-up could very well be gone by the next swing. I think that it's really interesting because I was reflecting, of course, on the era that this game surfaced in. If you think about it, like without power-ups in the game, it's a pretty normal baseball game. I mean, mm -hmm. they really are the distinguishing factor other than the little touches of whimsy Man, I, I don't know if there's an entire episode of content here, but uh, I, I, I 
can't get over the fact that so, like somebody's running a blimp through the field every time there's a home run. Um, you know, other than just some of those like little touches of whimsy, the way that the game is played is a very normal baseball game. And there's a yeah. lot of that that we praise it for because it feels like baseball. You know, it, mm-hmm. there are some like you play some baseball games on early uh, consoles and they're just kind of clunky. Backyard baseball runs like a baseball game would. It's part of how it became so lovable is because it didn't feel like you were reaching for something. Um, it just really, really worked. But at the same time, um, you have something like the the Mario Kart racing series. You know, that's where my mind goes when I think about the power-up idea. Mm-hmm. And that was always attractive, kind of like a goal to get not just lots of power-ups because they help you win, but even to get the particular power-up that you enjoy using. It's kind of like just a, a goal to chase. Um, yeah. And you would kind of have a game within a game in that sense. You know, like you said, if you swing and miss, you might still have a use of the power-up, but it is for sure that you burned one of them. So you always have to live with the knowledge of what could have been. I think you make an interesting point, power-ups going back to like the original video games of like Super Mario even have always they've always been a way to give the player like kind of a leg up or make them feel more powerful or even to reward them for being good at the game. Um you find the secret hidden block, you get an extra life or you find the star or whatever in in mario and in this it's like if you're good enough to achieve a double play you get rewarded but on the other side of that there's still some skill involved in actually the use of the power up you don't just get a free run or something like that um but i wanted to ask you power ups being such a part of backyard baseball's dna and making the game what it is would you say you would be more likely, less likely, or the same amount likely, that's a lot of likelies, to play backyard baseball if there were no power-ups, if it was just a straight-up baseball game, how would your feelings and opinions about the game change? You know, I think it's really hard to get to a place where you you imagine your uh, feelings towards something if things were different. I'd be interested in playing the game. Um, I don't know if I would have loved it as much. I don't know if I would have loved it as much because it it gives it gave me kind of like the big moments, you know, the the aluminum power home run, big moment, and uh, those are memorable. Um, and I think that without them, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure the game would have been quite as good. It does make it feel like a kid's game, and I don't think that's wrong. And I think that I think that's the way that's the way I feel about it. But um, that kind of gets into um, um, the discussion we often get into in the differences between our leagues, um, between our league and the Reddit league. And of course, when I say the Reddit league, currently, well, and I actually need to double check because I've vacationed from the Reddit Discord here as much as I vacation from 
uh, you know, normal life. They've been running kind of two separate leagues, uh, and one where power up farming is not allowed. And so that's something we've kind of thrown around. It's kind of weird um, to limit that because it's not like, yeah, you, you just have to do a lot of self-policing where you're like, was that trying too hard to get a power up or not? I would, I would also agree in that I don't feel bad trying to earn a power up in a way that may not be the most... Um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Natural or um, organic, I guess. Like if I have to walk a batter in order to set up a double play, I'll do that because that happens in baseball all the time. That's not a thing that's specific to this game or foreign to uh, like major league baseball by any means. So I don't feel bad doing that. Do I feel a little bit bad... Um, intentionally striking out the first three batters so that the pitcher has three power-ups to throw at me in the third inning so I can maybe earn one. Yeah, like that's a little worse, I think. Um, That's a little less genuine. If you're genuinely trying to win without power-ups, you're not just striking out on purpose. So there is a lot of that self-policing that kind of comes into it. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty happy with how the rules are. And I think everyone generally yeah. plays kind of their own game. At least we think so. And polices themselves well. Would you say that from the very beginning of a game, you know, you have a set strategy for your acquisition of and use of power-ups? That's a great question. Uh, I would say first it depends on my team. If I have a team that I'm confident in their hitting ability and their running ability as well. Uh, My approach at the plate is going to be a bit more standard baseball than any kind of like gaming the system. Usually though, (laughs) at least how it's worked for me in the past couple seasons of our league, I will either uh, in the first two or three innings be more sort of free swinging and um, not worry about striking out so much and just kind of going for hits, swinging at a lot of close pitches early on uh, in order to either get on base or if I happen to strike out, um, their pitcher will then have power-up pitches to throw at me so I can in turn hit them back and win power-ups. Or if I feel like I'm an underdog in that game especially, I will play a patient game where I let a lot of balls go by. So not swinging hardly at all in order to to increase the pitch count of the pitcher, to draw walks. And if I strike out on three strikes looking, but have also three balls in that at-bat, that's better than um, swinging on a first pitch and grounding out. So generally, once I have those power-ups, I try to wait until somebody is on base um, usually at least on second and in a position where I feel like I can get them home to use a power up. So that's my strategy. It may be totally wrong. It, I'm curious to hear what yours is. It all has morphed and evolved. I used to in an, yeah, in an attempt to get 
as many power-ups as possible. I did, like, I think it was last season, not 2020, but 2019, I was, like, striking out the first three batters. Now I think I, I strike out intentionally on the first batter, and then that's it. Because I realize, you know, even if somebody has more special pitches, um, the CPU doesn't necessarily use them um, from there. I don't do any more intentional striking out unless extremely situational where I just feel like stuff's hopeless. I've already got two strikes <laughs> or something, and I've got a, a player that I'd rather not even hit with I might strike out I'm always walking batters like first batter of the inning it's rare that I will pitch to a batter even if they're fast I had a lot of great arms on my seat on my team this season once I have the the power-ups I might not be as stingy actually it's it's tough it is kind of a it's a tough call if you use a crazy bunt then it might do it might do good in helping wear the the defense out even if you're not maximizing runs in that it with that crazy bunt and if you have three crazy bunts and you use them back to back to back then you have definitely made a dent in in that team's juice and then i guess in the case of the other ones then yeah it's a matter of trying to use them uh later in the game maybe or just when I'm poised for a big inning. I guess to sum it up, it would be I'm always shooting for a big inning. Um, so if I can stack a few power-ups on top of each other, put somebody on base, then that's the time I start emptying them out. Um, the longer the inning goes, the better the odds that you're going to keep on stacking runs on the defense as they wear out. So sometimes the crazy bunt can be a way to get to that big inning faster and to not need power-ups in order to exploit the defense because they're already tired but you know if we got a bunch of power-ups I'm, I'm looking for a, a place where i can like um stack them on top of each other and and make a run for a big inning and i would say to our listeners uh jordan has had a lot more success in the backyard baseball league than i have so you may want to follow his cues and not mine but if you think you are the best backyard baseball player out there and you have the ultimate power-up strategy, obviously, um, I want to know it. So you can send us an email, asktincanalley at gmail.com. Tell us about your, uh, your power-up strategy, how you choose to use them or not use them if you're one of those people. I want to know if there's any strategy that you have Ooh. that you employ when the CPU has a hitting power up and you're trying to mitigate Ooh. the effectiveness it, well, of that. If it's early in the game, I'm just going to I'm going to let them score. Like I'm going to let them get it out of their system so that I know all right, they used it. I can't get hurt. I've got time to recover if I can just like if they doubled me up in an earlier inning and then I know that they they use their power up, then I am 
back in normal scoring mode. I don't have to worry about that anymore. If it's late in the game, I just pitch to the corners. I'm just trying to, I'm just kind of trying to get K's. I actually kind of like that. I mean, I'm trying to strike people out a lot, but then you feel like you're in Cy Young mode. You're just, uh, you are trying to keep players from touching the baseball. I just, I don't want any contact whatsoever. And those strikeouts are pretty satisfying when you know somebody's got some kind of power up and uh, they can't touch you. Those are good days. The threat of a power up is almost sometimes worse than the actual use of the power up, especially like you said, once you get into that late game or even extra innings and the other team has a power up, you know, like at any point they could pounce on you and you could just be done. Cause you also, you can't see what it is. Nope. If the other team gets a double play or hits one of your pitches, there's a power up sound effects music cue that plays that lets you know the other team got a power up or you got a power up but you can't actually see what they have so i've i personally had never had a good strategy so i'm glad you shared yours um is there anything else we need to say about this just that per an earlier conversation um it's fun to think about how the power-ups actually happen so we think that with aluminum power, the player gets a temporary, like an actual temporary boost to their stats. Um, because if you if you mod a player, uh, your custom player, and increase their, their power, you can achieve the same kinds of results as you do with aluminum power. So it's not a matter where it's like, okay, the game like turns the gravity down or anything like that. I don't even know how that would work, but... You know, um, it's like for for a certain swing, then that player gets an increase in um, in power. For screaming line drive, their contact rating is sky high, so that basically it produces a barrel. <laughs> they they get a barrel, even though it doesn't travel a further distance. Um, it just you hit one on a rope. Um, but the other two. They, you know, they've been animated um, and there's some other math going on behind the scenes that is crazy. I just want to mention that because I'm not sure exactly how you would go about doing that. The others, like Illuminate Power and Screaming Line Drive, seem to be like a, a simple stat boost and then a sound effect. And then that's basically it. But the other two, they're funny. Um and I don't exactly know, like you mentioned, is the crazy bunt, it seems random, but is it actually random? Or are there predetermined paths? And then it's just choosing, like the game is choosing with which path this ball is going to take this time out of, say, I don't know, 20 different paths. Same with undergrounder. Or is there some um, equation going on that's truly randomizing where the ball comes up in an undergrounder um, or where the ball goes with a crazy bunt. I don't know. I mean, crazy bunt, it seems like there's some kind of player avoidance algorithm in that where it's like looping around people. I don't know. Who knows? Man, we had it. We have an email that we would love to get to, but this episode has already gone kind of long. So unfortunately we'll have to cover that next time. 
but don't worry. Uh, Ethan, don't worry, Ethan. <laughs> don't worry, Ethan. I have it. Don't worry, Ethan. We got your email. Again, uh, thanks so much for listening to our rant on power-ups and the playoffs. If you're interested in Blaseball, go to Blaseball.com and get started in that. I guess you could try to email money to asktincanalley at gmail.com. Just get the email money app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The app. Email money at emailmoney.com slash backslash gmail backslash tincanalley. Alley.